This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. That I had been going to church and checking things off the box, but I didn't live a life surrendered unto Him. And it showed because there was no fruit in my life. And so right after that weekend, I was just so on fire. A lot of crazy things happened because the, the guy, he prayed for us. He didn't even lay hands on us. And I was just standing there. And we were all just standing there. He said, those of you who called to ministry, I'm just going to pray for you. I had never experienced anything like that. He was just praying for us. And then all of a sudden, I, my eyes were closed. But I saw this fire literally come down from the sky. I promise you not. And the power of God hit me. And I turned around and I looked at the group of kids and I said, they're all, they need Jesus. I need to do something. And that within me, when I said, Jesus, I'll give you my yes, is what started this 10-year journey of like, how do I be used by God? I didn't want to do any of this, <laughs> none of it. But I knew that my surrender was important. So in that moment, when we say, Jesus, you are the Lord of our lives, we have to know who he is. We have to define who he is to you. Listen, we want Jesus to have a say over things, but only when it's comfortable for us, right? Yeah, Jesus, I'll give you my yes, but does that come with a $10 million and a nice, you know, nice life? Or does, does my yes to saying, Lord, over my life, are you going to ask me to do crazy things? Because I hear stories of people being sent to countries. I'm, no, I'm not sure I'm not called to be a missionary. I don't know, God. Or is, is, your, is, your, is your yes for me to give to the church to the point where I have, what, 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 do you, what does your yes look like? But we don't get to say you are Lord over our lives and then not the decisions that we make every day. So you have to know who Jesus is to you. The idea is not for the ruler to adjust to the ruler. You know, it's not the idea that he has to adjust to us as king. It's actually for us to adjust to him. And so when I gave Jesus my yes, it was, I didn't understand the road that I was about to embark on. So let me just give you, buckle it, I'm just gonna give you a quick synopsis. Quick, came back from that trip, and I was so on fire, I couldn't sleep. I prayed for days and I, couldn't, and I just couldn't shake the fact that this church and, and these kids that I was responsible for now are going to be people who are gonna leave the church and who's gonna, who's gonna take care of them? Because I know what it's like to pastor myself and you know, I, I'm okay, but I couldn't shake it. And also, the other thing is that women in ministry are not really c common. And so I said, how am I gonna do this? And so I said, okay, well, maybe if I, if I ask this friend of mine who's leading another ministry, we can collaborate and, and can start. And God just gave me this vision, like this is for the next generation. And so I proceeded to do that and work closely with him. And, and we were able to establish a ministry. It was an English service, and we did that for so many years. And the fruit of that yes led to that. I would have never expected that. But I also didn't expect that a lot would come with leadership. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have someone. To, it was like podcasts. Shout out to Craig Rochelle and his leadership podcast, the books, things. I just knew that somehow God would just help me figure this out. You see, when we make Jesus king of our life and we know who he is to us, that it doesn't matter the stipulations and our fears. God will make a way where there's no way because he is the king of king and lord of lords. If Jesus is your savior, have you made him king to rule over your life is my question to you. I, I will say this, like your flesh will always try to nullify Jesus' authority, always. So that moment that I said yes over 10 years ago 
leads me to this place today where I'm like, I'm still giving him my yes. And sometimes it's really hard. And so the second thing is, in order for Jesus to be king, you have to let him reign. Now, we are really good. Those of you that are type A and plan everything out, oh, I feel you. Spreadsheets? Mm-hmm. Color-coded? Yep. Amen. T- plan A, plan B, plan C? Yep. Contingency plans? Anyone with me? Yep. Sometimes we treat our relationship with Jesus like a spreadsheet that he's got to fit in somewhere. And he's like, I'm just going to wait for you. Now, things don't always pan out the way you expect, but when you make him Lord over your life, that means your decisions are led by him. You get to sit in a boardroom with him and say, you know, Jesus, how, how, what do you have for me? And so for the longest time in my life, I made a lot of mistakes, but I had a lot of wins, and I got to learn. And I think trusting Jesus and letting him rule over my lives really taught me to be, to be honest with myself, that I need to let him show me myself sometimes. Because when I tell you when I was leading that ministry, oof, I made a lot of mistakes. And the lessons I learned along the way is Jesus also forming me. But the beautiful thing is when you let Jesus, let him be king over your life, he wants to demonstrate how beautiful that relationship can be. If you have said yes to Jesus, said you are my savior, praise God, we're going to heaven, And then after that, it's just we come to Sunday and then we just do our daily duties and then we come. I know I live that life, but when I let him reign over my life, that means, God, I want to do this, but I want to know what you want more. The desire for your desire for me is far greater than anything else. It's very scary to do that, but also it's beautiful. Now, it's it's really hard to let God reign over your life when you know, you, you get some turbulent times. Last year, I, I was just, um, I was really sick actually last year this time. And I was like wondering how I was going to navigate that diagnosis and all of that. And it was overwhelming. And I said, well, this is not part of the plan, Jesus. I had my spreadsheets. I had my plans. Okay, I've had to scrap a couple of times. This is my conversation with God. God, I had to scrap my plans a couple of times. Can we just circle back again and just, can we stay on track? And I'm like negotiating with him sometimes. And that's the beautiful thing. When you let him reign over your life, you have freedom to be honest with him and honest with yourself. So I got really sick. And I remember thinking, well, I don't know how I'm going to navigate this. And so letting him reign over my life was still there, but sometimes fear and anxiety or not being sure started creeping in. And I could see that it took a toll on me physically because it was like, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Well, this doctor, that doctor, this and that, and so many things. And you're just like, you don't know. Isn't it scary to be in a place where you just don't have the answers? But guess what? Jesus does. And I know it sounds so cliche, but I remember one time being so like nervous and thinking, what am I going to do? And all these thoughts came rushing over me all at once. I felt like I was getting beat up in my head. Like, I don't know what, what it feels like, but I had never felt that before. I was overcome by worry and anxiety. And what about all these things? And I remember physically like not being able to like think. And I was like, I like, am I going through something? Like, what's happening to me? And I realized, no, this is, I just need, like, I just was like, in that moment, I, I let myself feel it, and I said, okay, Jesus, can you take over? 
because I clearly thought I, could, I got this and I don't. How many times do we need to say, God, can you just come and reign over this right now? Because in Ephesians, it tells us that he has dominion over everything. We forget how powerful he is. He may have come on a donkey, or he may have come as a baby in a manger, but he's a powerful king, and he wants to reign over your life. I'm reading this book, and um, it quoted this thing that I thought was really fascinating. It says, the Rhetorian magazine um, curated an article, and it says, how long can you live? And so the author says that if you want to live long, there's three rules. I'm going to give you some really good tips. Ready? Got your pens out? Number one, keep calm. (laughs) Number two, go to church. Number three, eliminate worry. Oh, I didn't make this up. This is a legitimate article. I was like, okay, I'm reading this book, fascinated the guys, you know, quoting scripture, a lot of science evidence, because helpful for those of us who tend to think about the whys and the hows, and my brain is very busy, obviously, so I wanted to have some factual evidence for this. And I said, okay, I'm gonna live a long life. What is, the first thing is keep calm. I wanted to be like, do you know how hard it is to keep calm? (laughs) We're trying to keep calm, but uh, my mind can't keep calm, and I realized, In all of this, he's saying is, let him reign over your life. Is Jesus king or is it your worry? Or is it fear that you bow down to every day? Or what is it, the the areas in your life that are so consuming, that's crippling? Keeping calm is easier said than done. And I'm sure a lot of us who grew up in the Christian community can say, oh, we'll just pray about it. And somebody's like, did you really pray for me? But the truth is like, we need to pray over ourselves. We have authority and dominion to say, Jesus, I may be worried, I need to keep calm, and I need to be in church. I need to be in community with those that can look me in my eye and tell me what I need to do and tell you. I've had many moments where I've had pastors look at me and she tells me, okay, are you done? She didn't say it like that. She's much more softer and more eloquent and beautiful when she gives me a word of correction. But we need to be in community. Because let me tell you what the enemy wants to do. What your mind wants to do is tell you that everybody and everything around you doesn't want to be next to you. So the fact that this is actually proven that to keep calm, to go to church, to eliminate worry, these are very hard things to do. What happens if you're going to a church that you don't even enjoy? What if you go and you don't really like, you know, the preacher or the worship? Our flesh wants to completely remove anything that Jesus is trying to do. So there's a, every day it's a choice for us to say, God, I am choosing to make you king over my life. I am making you my Lord. And it's hard, but it is worth it. And because you can't see it, your mind will tell you it's not worth it. And I'm standing here to tell you it is worth it because the minute last year when I was panicking and I was going through it, I had a moment, I said, Jesus, you know what? I think I'm trying to fix this myself. Hmm. I have this notebook, it's really big, big, no, it's not that big, but it's like a journal. And what I started doing when I and made Jesus Lord of my life. I started documenting my prayer requests and, and things that God has been doing and encounters and things I would see and hear. And I started documenting all of it because I was like, I, I have a feeling that I'm going to forget. My brain tends to trick me and make me forget. So I have all those, whether it's people had given me words of encouragement or whatever it is, I have documented it. So it's like, I mean, I, I kind of skipped over 2020. I'm just kidding, 2020's in there. Uh, but there are some moments. And when my mind plays a trick on me to tell me that 
I can't keep calm and don't want to go to church and all I do is worry. I go back to that book and I says, it'll tell me December 12, 2015, this is what God told you. This is on this day what you read in the Bible and it moved you. This is on this day where you met with this person and God used that person to speak to you. Guess what? I cannot outthink my thoughts. I really tried, but it just doesn't work. Because Jesus is king, I let him rule over my heart and over my life. We must allow him to let him rule over our thoughts when it's hard. So what I do is I go external because the internal is busy. So what I have to do is go back to evidence. I really should have been a science major. <laughs> evidence to know that God has spoken before. He has done it before. When I want to worry, when my body is freaking out, when my mind is freaking out, I have the ability to just say, you know what, God, I don't understand. And it's okay if you don't understand, but I have the ability to know that, Jesus, you are king over my life. I will let you right now come into this space because I don't know what's happening. And that, when I did that, it changed everything. My health journey completely took a turn. A lot of crazy good things have happened since. And I was thinking to myself, is that all he wanted? He was waiting for me for all these months of suffering and lack of sleep and worry and stress that all he needed was me to say, Jesus, you are Lord over this. I'm gonna give that to you. That's a choice we make every day. It's hard. It's hard when you have questions and you don't have any answers. It's hard when you're grieving. It's hard when your mind is telling you things that you don't know if it's true or not. It's hard when you're worried sick about your children. It's hard when you're trying to figure out, am I gonna get fired in these layoffs? It's hard, but Jesus is king. The, the idea of Jesus being King of King and Lord of Lords meant that there is no higher authority. His reign over all things is absolute. That means that, yes, we must do the things and, and do the daily tasks, but do we make room for him? There's a passage that always inspires me where it says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And talk about the throne room and all the charismatics love that scripture, of course. And uh, I am one of those people that love the scripture. But I always think, Jesus, what is it like to be in your throne room, to see you as king? And I'm a visual person, so sometimes I have to say, Jesus, I may have all this stuff. So I like to visualize myself literally entering this room of gold. Just a lot of bling. And... <laughs> Jesus sitting on the throne, and I say, I know I'm cranky right now, or I'm not feeling good right now, I'm physically been not sleeping, I've been sick, or whatever it is, but Jesus, I'm just gonna come right now, and I'm gonna give you the things at your feet, because if I don't visualize it, everything around me, including my mind, will play tricks on me, and it's okay if we need help to get the help we need, to do the things we need to do so our bodies can function. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also a beautiful invitation for us to say, Jesus, while I'm doing the work, I'm also gonna surrender the process to you. There's something beautiful in the in-between that happens. And the third thing is to make Jesus king over our lives is to worship him. 
It's really easy to worship on a Sunday morning when Abel and the worship team have beautiful melodies and beautiful harmonies and um, when they're shredding the guitar, mm, sounds so nice with that bass. Or when you have the drums, it's so easy to worship on a Sunday morning when the sound system is meticulously perfect. Clearly I'm part of the production team, shout out to our team. But when you are home and your kids are driving you crazy, I don't have children, but I can visualize it. <laughs> I have a lot of friends who have kids and whew, they always tell me, enjoy your single life. <laughs> but when things are not going the right way, how do we worship? How do we worship? When you get a diagnosis that you're not prepared for, when you get news that you didn't get into the school that you wanted to, when you had your life planned out and God says, nope, we're gonna go the other way. And you don't do well with plans changing. Well, how do you do when, when you are grieving things, when things don't go the way you expect, when there is pain and hardships, when there's tension in your friendships, tension in your marriage, tension at church, tension at work, whatever you're facing. How, for some people, worship comes easy because for them, they become undone, so easy. But someone like myself, my mind, it's so busy, it's going a thousand miles an hour, and sometimes it's really hard to slow down and worship, but man, I know that before I even talked to God, what I started doing is, I was like, you know, I, I need to worship him. And I just visualized the people at Palm Sunday worship him, regardless whether they knew he was Messiah, he was a religious leader or political leader or not, they still chose to worship him regardless. That is the posture that we must have also to make him king over our lives. It's a choice that we make. Despite your circumstances, it's easy to worship when things are good. But sometimes when you have no words to express the depth of your pain, you still can worship. In my culture, I'm Ethiopian, there is a sound that we make. It's called elilta. And it's a sound that we make, and it's like a high-pitched noise with our tongue that we do. And sometimes when there's good things happening, we scream and we say elilta, and we make that sound. It's a form of worship. But I have heard the elilta even when people have been in pain. That God, there's no words to the pain that you feel. God still hears that. That is worship. You may not be able to lift your hands in worship, but you just saying, God, I'm going to sing this song because my mind and my body need to submit to you because you are Lord. That is what that is worship. You saying Yahweh, Yahweh, let your name be glorified. That is worship. When you need to just sit in your car in silence before you enter the house because you don't know what kind of storm is about to hit you, that is worship. Those tears you cry at night, saying what you need to say to God, that is worship. Making him king of kings of our, our life, making him lord of our lives is worship. Not because you're here on a Sunday on display, but because no one is watching but him alone. Palm Sunday, they brought out the palm branches and they were waving them as a sign of Hosanna, our Savior is finally here. And sometimes we don't do that. We don't acknowledge that Jesus has saved us. Go back to remember what he saved you from. Oh, that worship will come out of you. And maybe for you, worship is art. Maybe worship for you is sitting in silence. Maybe worship for you is singing a song. I know for me, a lot of mornings I have to play, I, 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 how I worship is I listen to worship songs that exalt him, helps my mind calm and say, God, you are worthy of everything. 
And sometimes there's tears coming down my face because I have more questions than answers, but it's okay. I said, Jesus, it's not the time right now for me to have a discussion with you, but I can just worship you. Because if I say I trust you, I mean it. You see, making him Lord of our lives and letting him, to let him reign over our lives and letting, him worship, let, letting us worship him, it does something within us to be undone. I really want to focus on the passage here where, um, on Exodus chapter 22, why they put the cloaks on the donkey and on the ground. You see, people would have cloaks and that's pretty much all that they wore throughout the day. And so somebody borrowed a cloak, I mean, they need it back at night. It's actually proven in Exodus chapter 22, it says, if you ever take your neighbor's cloak and pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering. And it is cloak for his body. And who else, in what else shall he sleep? Now, imagine this. You have a coat that you're wearing, and that's the only coat you're going to be wearing day in and day out. Jesus comes. They lay out the cloak on the filthy ground. That's all they have. That's all they have, and they put that down. They put that on the donkey. Do you see the significance? Your worship will cost you something. Your worship will cost you something. It'll cost you your ego sometimes, your pride sometimes. You may need to surrender that fear because maybe that whole crawling, crawling up into that is easier for you than to actually worship. Or maybe you just, you're too afraid of how people will see you. Or there's things in your heart that you need to express and you're afraid. Your worship will cost you something. And it's okay if it does. This morning when I woke up and I was just worshiping, <laughs> singing unto the Lord, my voice that no one wants to really hear. Thank God no one can hear me singing. But I was like, that's worship. I said, Jesus, I, I don't know how I got here, but you are worthy of it all. You are king over my life, so I know I'm good. I'm the daughter of a king. Why can't things work out for me? Because last year, I know that what I was feeling and thinking in my mind was playing tricks on me, was making me feel like I had no control but my worship in that moment, where I had no understanding of what was happening physically, it brought some fruit. It cost me some, it cost me my surrender, my lack of needing to have control over my life. I said, Jesus, here's my spreadsheet. <laughs> here's my task list and things I wanna do. I wanna do well, but what's the point if I do well for myself and not for the King of Kings? So I want to ask you, church, your worship comes at a price. It comes from the pit of your stomach, perhaps the agony and the pain. And sometimes we're so afraid of others hearing our depth of our cry that we just muffle our silence. I want to encourage you, if you've got a house full of people and you're worried about your privacy, get in that car and let it out. Worship. Worship. Tell God everything that you feel like no one understands. I'm going to talk to the men in this room. God wants you to worship. He wants you to release a sound, not just harmonizing, but really. We know that there's so many things in this world that's weighing heavy on us. And we forget what it looks like to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That as we lay down our cloak, God, this is all we have. We're going to worship you. We're going to let you reign over our lives. If no one has told you today or this week, it's going to be okay. 
because sometimes we need to hear that, that God loves you, He cares for you, He cares about everything you do, that you may, if you're struggling with shame, with your decision that you make day to day, let me ask you, is He the Lord over your life? What rules your day to day? Who rules your day to day? I can't be Lord over my life and Jesus. There's not room for the both of us. You have to make a decision and say, God, maybe I forgot that I need you to be Lord over my life. And it's okay. There's no shame in this place for us because if we come and say, Jesus, we know you as Savior, I want you to know him as King. I want it so badly for all of you because it changed my life. That radical encounter I had with Jesus when I gave him my yes, it was hard. That road to build a ministry when you have no, you know nothing, when you say yes and you do things that don't make sense, in hindsight it makes sense. But let us not miss the moment of what God is doing right now in your life. And so as I close up here, I wanna just remind you, what are you laying down for Christ to have access to your heart, for him to be Lord over your life? because Palm Sunday is a reminder that we can't have it our way. We have, to have it. we have to make room for him to have his way over our lives. So I just want us all to stand for a moment. I'm gonna call up the prayer team. I think oftentimes we hear things and we try to understand it. And a lot of you in this room, if you are someone who tends to think about the equations and how does this fit in. I remember I was talking to someone and I was ministering to them and I was talking to a millennial and, and they looked over at me and they said, so what is the formula for this, for Jesus? I've been a Christian, it's just, why is it different for you than for me? What is going on? And she asked me, what is the formula? And I leaned over and I said, I don't know. <laughs> but I know it's surrender. I know it's laying down my version of what I want for my life because his version for my life is far greater. I don't deserve to stand here. What do I have to give? But I know that if God calls us to things, we run from it. Surrender is the first thing we can start with. So I just want to close our eyes right now. I want to pray for those people. If you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you're wondering what it's like to submit and surrender to a God that wants to walk with you as we walk towards Holy Week and Easter is coming up, if you have never made a decision for a first time, I want to invite you to be part of that today. So while everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I really want to just honor your, your bravery to just say yes. And so if that's you, I would love for you to raise your hand so our, our team can pray with you. now I want to just pray for everyone in this room our prayer team is up here so that there's nothing wrong if you have areas in your life where you are struggling to surrender there's nothing wrong with that it's okay for people to see you come up for prayer that's between you and Jesus but maybe that's the first thing that needs to be laid down is our pride so our prayer team is open for you to come and get prayer 
there's something powerful about someone laying hands on you and declaring faith over you because sometimes it's hard for us to believe for ourselves and it doesn't matter if you've come every week for prayer or never so I just want to pray for you and invite you to come up for prayer before we go into the new song. But yeah, Jesus, I just pray over every single person watching online and here in this place. God, I pray that they would know you, that they would know the presence and power of God today. They would make you Lord over their lives so they can rejoice because of who you are to them. That not only are you Savior, but you are Messiah. You are the King. The King that has come to change history forever. And I pray that over this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.